following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. I want to get into God's Word. You ready? Okay, turn to Galatians chapter 3. And um, I want to share with you a message that is just incredibly powerful. And it's, I, I really believe that God has a vision for your life. How many of you believe that? And I really believe that God's vision for your life are just two simple little equations. And if you can grab hold of this, then it just will revolutionize you. So I really believe, and I'm going to be speaking on it this morning, that God's vision for your life is that you may be blessed. God wants you to be blessed. Get the wrong God concepts out of your spirit. God is not out to beat you up. God is actually chasing you down to bless you. You know, and so many people are running away from God because they think, oh no, God's going to hurt me. God's going to take this away. And he's God's arm full of blessings trying to chase you down saying, you got no idea that all I want to do is bless you. Have you got that? Because that's God's vision. So once he's caught you, And he's blessed you. Then God's second vision is to make you a blessing. Okay? So God's first vision is to bless you. God's second vision is to make you a blessing. And so then you've got another part of the population. All they're doing is chasing God down for blessing. God, bless me, bless me, bless me. More, 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 more. And God says, man, I've already blessed you. But if you want more, pass on some of the blessings that you've already received. And then you can receive more. So he's God's vision. So today's Vision Sunday. And for me, my vision is for you to fulfill God's vision. And so I'm here to help God's vision be imparted into your life. So what do I want for you on Vision Sunday? That you might be blessed and that you might be a blessing. That's it. That's it. That you might be blessed and be a blessing. Now, see, these guys that are saying amen, amen, this is the second time they've heard it, but they're going to hear it from a different slant. (laughs) Exactly. So you're going to get it from a different slant. Here we go. Same message, but from a different slant. Okay, so here it is. Let me give you scriptural foundation for what I'm saying. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. How many think that's great news? That you don't have to live under the curse. Matter of fact, you don't have to be afraid of a curse. See, too many people live in fear of curses. And, and I know that in lots of the countries of the world, when we're talking South America, where's my South American friends? I love South American friends. You know, honestly, they understand that there's witchcraft and there's curses. There's, where's my Asian friends? Asian friends. Give me a yell. I love, I love Asian friends. And, uh, and uh, you know, the fact is that in Asian culture, there's, the curse is a very real thing, you know. And so you're trying to do all sorts of things to keep the curse away. And you try. And, and so, we, you know, we, we have all these amulets and, and all these special things that we're supposed to do to keep the curse away. I've got good news for you. Jesus broke the curse. That's the good news. You don't have to live under the curse because Jesus became a curse that you might be free from the curse. How many, how many of you know that's good news? So throw your amulets away and just grab hold of Jesus because Jesus is more powerful than any rabbit's paw. That's an Australian amulet, the little rabbit's foot. 
poor little dead rabbit it's got to die to give up his foot so that you can be lucky no lucky rabbit there let me tell you <laughs> okay so let's move on so the curse has been removed and then here's what the word of God says that the blessing that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles Gentile is anyone that's non-Jewish so if you are non-Jewish you're a Gentile so I come from an Italian background and that makes me a Gentile you lovely South American friends, you're all Gentiles. You lovely Asian friends, you're all Gentiles. And, uh, and this is the promise of God that the blessing of Abraham might, be, might come upon us. And the second thing is that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now that's another message, receiving the promise of the Spirit. And we'll get to that one day. But what I want to share this morning is what is this blessing of Abraham? So, so he's, he's God saying, I'm removing the curse that you might receive the blessing of Abraham. Well, what is the blessing of Abraham? Well, in order to find what that is, you need to turn to Genesis chapter 12. And in Genesis chapter 12, there's three verses there that says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Get out of your country and from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Let me share with you what the blessing of Abraham is. The blessing of Abraham is connected with getting out of your present situation. Let, let me give you the background to the story. Abraham had a father called Terah. I know some dads create terror in their home, but this guy was named Terah. Now, it sounds pretty lame when you do the same joke twice, doesn't it? Huh? Huh? Is it you're going to laugh twice, are you? Good, good stuff. I did, for, Mark, for Mike Kai, I did seven services, and the same joke was repeated seven times, and Anne had to endure seven. So, but you, you endured, and did, but you enjoyed. That's the question, you enjoyed. Okay. So, so Terah had three sons. Two of the sons I want to focus on. One was called Abraham. The other was called Haran. So Haran got married and had a son. And Haran's son was called Lot. So Lot was the grandson of Terah and the nephew of Abraham. But what happened was that Haran died and so Lot stayed in the family he had his grandfather he had his uncle and then God speaks to Terah and says I want you to leave this place that you know the Ur of the Chaldees that's what that, that's where they came from and I want you to go to Canaan because that's where the blessing is there's the promises of God in Canaan and so Terah got hold of Abraham got hold of Lot and he started journeying towards the place of blessing. But this is what happened. He got to a place called, of all things in the world, Haran. And when he arrived at Haran, something hit him. Now, now, now the Bible doesn't tell us what hit him, but all we know is that Terah stopped in Haran and didn't move forward. Now, let, let me tell you what I believe happened there. Are you ready for this speculation? 
I believe that as soon as he arrived in Haran, all of the grief of the loss of his son Haran hit him. All the disappointment, all the frustration hit him. And he got so taken in with his grief and disappointment that his focus was on his grief and disappointment rather than the promises of God and obeying God. And so he camped in Haran. And the Bible tells us that he died there. Now, can I just say something to you? Are you ready to hear this? Because grief and disappointment is part of our lot in life. It's part of the package deal in life. And we would like reason for grief and disappointment. But sometimes God doesn't tell us the reason. He just says, this is part of your lot in life. Go through it. But, but what did I do wrong? I must have done something. Sometimes it's got nothing to do with what you've done. It's part of living life, this grief and disappointment. Your problem is when the grief and disappointment overwhelms you, overcomes you, and overshadows the God appointment for your life. And so that's what happened to Terah. He was called to go to Canaan, but he got stuck at disappointment. So then God comes knocking on Abraham's door after Terah is dead and said, Hey, listen, next generation. Hey, I've got a purpose for you. I want you to get from the place that you know to go to a place that you don't know to receive an inheritance you don't have. Are you ready? Are you ready to shake off what you know? To go to a place that you don't know in order to receive a blessing, to receive an inheritance that you don't have. And what's more, you won't get it here. You'll get it there because i got a purpose for you. I want to bless you. I want through you for the nations of the world to be blessed. But it's not found at Haran, the place of disappointment, the place of compromise, the place of grief. It's found in obedience and following me in the place of Canaan. Come on. And so this is the blessing of Abraham. Here it is. You ready for it? He obeyed God and he went and God blessed him and he became a blessing. And I want to say to you that the blessing of Abraham is for you as well. Are you ready for what I've got to say next? Because what I've got to say next is what, what, what is blessing? What does it mean to be blessed? Because I'm not convinced that a lot of us have a right theology on blessing. And so what I want to do this morning is maybe shake some of our thinking. Are you ready to have some of your thinking shaken? Yeah. Huh? Shaken but not stirred. Or is it stirred but not shaken? I'm going to stir you and shake you this morning, baby. Okay. Now, I reckon if we're really to be honest, that if we were to try to define blessing, most of us would think, well, we're blessed when everything goes right for us. So when everything is perfect, we're blessed. i got a problem with that. Is there anyone in this room right now that has everything perfect in their life? Well, does that mean that there's nobody in this room that's blessed? Okay, here's another question. Can you show me someone in the Bible that had everything go perfect for them 
all the time. Well, not even Jesus had everything go perfect for him all the time. He got crucified for goodness sake. I don't know, I don't know how many of you would call crucifixion you know, perfect. So, so what does that mean that there's no one that's blessed in the Bible? No, there's plenty of blessed. Abraham was blessed, but he didn't have everything go perfect for him. So then what that means is that maybe we've defined blessing wrong. And we need to redefine what blessing is. So how many of you would like my theology on what blessing is? You do? That's about half of you. I mean, how many of you would like to know what, what real blessing is? Okay. Okay. So I prayed about this and I said, Lord, what is true blessing from your perspective? And I really believe that God showed me three things that God gives those that are blessed. And this comes straight out of God's PR department. What that means is that each one of these points starts with PR. So you won't forget it, okay? Out of the PR department. So this is what blessing is. God gives you five things. Are you ready for this? The first thing that God gives you is the prize. The prize. And the prize is Jesus. That's the prize. That's, that's God's number one blessing. For God so loved the world that he gave Jesus. He gave his only begotten son. That what? So what? So that we might be saved. So this is the prize. The prize is Jesus. Forgiveness of sins. Salvation. Eternal life. My goodness. That's the blessing of God. How many of you have got the prize? Give me a wave if you got the prize. Woo! If you're not able to wave, then before we finish, we want you to wave. Because God wants you to receive the most important blessing of all, and that's salvation, forgiveness of sins, inheriting eternal life. Now, the beautiful thing about the prize with God is not, it's not just eternal life for later. It's abundant life now. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So here it is, eternal life then, abundant life now. That's the prize. That's the prize that God wants every single one of you to have. The second thing that God wants you to have that comes straight out of the PR department is that he gives you protection. But we need to define protection correctly. And so this is what God promises us is protection from the enemy. So when we, when we get into God's word, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, it says, but the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. In the high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, verse 15, Jesus prayed that you should keep them from the evil one. So there's this prayer of protection from the evil one. Matter of fact, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, which is found in Matthew chapter 6, it talks about deliver us from the evil one. That's the correct translation, not just deliver us from evil, but deliver us from the evil one. And so there's a promise of protection from the evil one, but there is absolutely no promise of protection from trials and tribulation. Now this is where the confusion lays. That when we interpret the blessing is protection. 
So when a trial and tribulation comes your way, well, what did I do wrong? God doesn't, God must hate me. The, the blessing is off my life. No, no, God never promised you protection from trial and tribulation. Matter of fact, he actually promises that you will have trials and tribulations. He's saying, what? I thought I was blessed. See, you've got to get this. What, what, see, see the, where's the blessing? The blessing is that in your trial and tribulation, he gives you the third thing from the PR department, and that's his presence. See, your blessing in trial and tribulation is his presence. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13, Psalm 23. Yea, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you with me what even in the valley of the shadow of death see his presence see what what a lot of people don't understand and they try to confess it away is that trial and tribulation believe it or not is part of god's blessing you say oh well that's heresy that's just i i i I, I knew i shouldn't have come to this church he's preaching heresy no no listen to me listen to me see god's purpose for your life is much bigger than the temporal. See, some of you just live day to day. God never sees day to day. God sees eternity. So get hold of this. So God's purpose for you is that you might live and reign with him forever and ever. See, God's purpose for you is that you might be a prince with him forever and ever, that you might have authority See, some will have authority over 10 cities, some over five cities, whatever. The Bible talks about that one day we will have authority. And so while we're here, God is stretching us. God is strengthening us. How many of you have ever seen a tree on the side of a cliff that's exposed to... And it stands tall, man. It stands strong. Why does it stand strong? Because it's never had a storm. No, because its whole life it's been exposed to storms. And so what that tree's had to do is dig its roots deep and hang on deep. But you get a tree that's always been in a pot plant, that's always been in a nursery. And la-di-da, everybody waters it, everybody fertilizes it. Stick that tree on a cliff and watch what happens to the first storm that comes. You go, bye-bye tree. Just, Just flies off somewhere. You've got to get a new perspective on trial and tribulation. Yeah, amen. That's why James says, consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. Why? Because God is perfecting you. God's at work doing something for your life. God's trying to bless you and you're rebuking it. Right. Now, let me tell you something. If you're smart, you'll never pray for trial and tribulation. <laughs> well, God, just bring it on. No, it's going to come your way. You don't have to pray for it. It's part of the package deal. So, but, but, so, so what do I pray? Just pray, God, show me your purpose through it all. Strengthen me through it all. And get hold of his presence through it all. So you have protection from the enemy, but not from trial and tribulation. What you do in trial and tribulation is have his presence. Here's the fourth thing that comes straight out of God's PR department. What's the first one? The prize. Second one is protection from the enemy. Third one is his presence. Fourth one is provision. God promises to provide for you. He shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Philippians chapter 4. 
Give us this day our daily bread, Matthew chapter 6. How awesome it is that God provides our needs. Look to the birds of the air. They don't toil. They don't work. But look how God supplies for them. Look at the lilies of the valley with Solomon and all of his array dressed as beautifully as they. No. So don't worry about what you should eat or what you should wear. Because if your father is able to look after the birds of the air and the lilies of the field, will he not look after you? Therefore, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. The God of provision. The God of provision. He provides. You know what our problem is? You know what our problem is? We're so focused on what we don't have that we don't stop long enough to thank Him for what we do have. Can I give you some homework? Nobody said yes. Can I give you some homework? Later on when you pray, and I'm assuming that you do, just leave aside all of your prayer requests. Why? Because God already knows them. Now, I'm not saying always leave aside all your prayer requests because you have not because you ask not. The point that I'm making is this, is that sometimes we're more focused on that part of the prayer, the prayer requests, rather than the stopping and giving thanks. So I want you the next time you pray just to spend the whole prayer meeting thanking God and just go through all the stuff. Just, Just go through it all. Just start at one end of the house and start thanking for everything that's there. Thank him for the sheets on your bed. Thank him for the shoes on your feet. Thank him for the socks that you thank him for your underpants. Thank him. I mean, just just go crazy. Just go crazy. What 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 are you trying to do, Pastor? This is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get you to focus on what you have and what God has provided for you because too often we see what we want, what we want. And not realize that God has given us so many blessings and we've not stopped to count them. Oh, count your blessings. Count your blessings. If you're married, just thank God for your spouse. I thank God every day for Anne. She is the best blessing that God has given me. 33 years we've been married. And I'm, I'm more in love with her today than I was 33 years ago. And I tell her every single day, sweetheart, I love you passionately. Last night I was saying, sweetheart, I love you passionately. And she said, I love you passionately as well. I said, I love that word, passion. <laughs> it's getting away from everything here. But, but just what a wonderful thing after 33 years to still have that passion. Yeah. And I want, I want you to have that as well. But you won't have it by nitpicking. I wouldn't be passionate in love with Anne if I looked for everything that was wrong with her. It'd be pretty hard to find a lot of things that are wrong with her. I mean, she could work hard. We would have to work very hard the other way around. But the point is this, that I'm thankful for what I see and what I have. And for what I don't have, we're working that through. But see, this is where our blessings are lost when we're looking at what we don't have. Parents, can I say, be careful with your children. Be careful. Why? Because there's a spirit of the world through advertising 
that always wants to show them what they don't have. And it creates this greed and lust for what they don't have. For what they don't have. And it's a, it's a horrid thing. It's a horrid, horrid thing. It's a terrible thing. This is, and so once, once it grows up and you get a little kid and he becomes a man then, you know what? He gets married and, and all of a sudden he sees this other pretty young thing and he thinks, oh, well, that's a, a better deal than my wife. Why, why would you go for that when you've got a classic? See, I've got a classic. And I take care of the classic. So it still looks like a classic. And some of you need to go to the garage and just start polishing the old bomb and make it a classic. <laughs> bit of elbow grease, a bit of care, and it's amazing what will sparkle. Huh? By you saying you've got a bomb in the garage, it'll be a bomb. It'll blow up in your face, quick smart. But as soon as you start saying, I've got a classic, I'm just going to use some polish and a little bump here, a little bit of scratch there, but just fix this up and fix that up and watch it. It'll start to gleam. It'll start to shine. Look after what you've got. Come on. Don't. It's just a trap of the world. Oh, the latest one has just driven past. I'm after that. That'll become a bomb pretty soon. Don't you worry about that. Why would you trade the latest new thing with the classic? Do you hear what I'm saying? It's just thankfulness and it's just the whole attitude that you've got to spin around when it comes to provision of God and just thanking Him for the provision of God, thanking Him for what God's provided. And number five. So what was the first one? The prize. The second one, protection from the enemy. The third one, presence. The fourth one, provision. And number five. Ah, see, you've been in the first service. (laughs) Understanding his promises. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about someone had done research, a year and a half of research, and found there were 7,487 promises in the Bible. 7,487. Now you think about that for a little while. Bible tells us in Hosea chapter 4 that my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Then James chapter 4 says, you have not because you ask not. So you put those two things together and here's God saying, I want to bless you but you've got to discover my promises in this book and then start claiming them, then start asking for them. Come on, because there's some promises here that are available to you, but if you don't know to ask for them, you won't receive them. And I really believe that God's hands extended saying, I've got all, all these blessings for you, but you've got to ask for them. You've got to claim them. You've got to receive them. You've got to reach out and take them. They're in my hands, 7,487 of them. I just worked out in the first service. That if you just claimed one promise a day for a year, that would be how many? Unless it's a leap year, and then that would be 366. And so in 10 years, how many promises, if you claim one a day, how many would you claim in 10 years? Don't forget the two leap years that occur in 10 years. See, there's a mathematician there. So this is the point, that, that even if you claimed one promise a day for 20 years, 
you'd still not be able to claim all the promises that God's got for you in the Word of God. 20 years every single day. Come on, everybody say, that is awesome. And God's got all these promises for you. And he's not a man that he should lie. He'll make them happen. He'll make them come to pass. My goodness. That's what blessing is all about. That God's got a prize for us. That God's got protection from the enemy for us. That God's got presence for us while we're going through it. God's got provision for us and God's got promises for us. And I'm telling you, if you can get those five things in your life, you're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. And what's more, God wants to do more to bless you more. But let me finish with this very quickly. And that's this. That God never wants the blessing to just stop with you. God wants the blessing to pass through you onto others. So God wants to bless you in order for you to be a blessing. Blessed to be a blessing. And you know what? I really believe that every single one of you are being tested right now by God to see if you can handle more. God will test you to see if you can handle more blessing. See, if you're just absorbing all the blessing for yourself, well, basically, you've reached your limit. But if you're able to pass it on to others, just pass it on, then God wants to give you more. And he will give you more. And he'll, you know, l- l- let me just say for some of you in business, if, if you use your business just for yourself, it's for me, it's for my life, it's for my betterment. You know, I'm telling you, maybe your business acumen will do amazing things. But you won't be truly blessed. I don't care how much you have, you won't be truly blessed. What you find is that the true blessing will be your ability to pass some of that blessing on to others. And you find that as you do that, God will supply even more because he can trust you with more. So every single one of you right now are in a test. Everybody say, I'm in a test. And the way you respond will determine whether God can do more in your life or whether you limit God. Some of you right now are in a test and your test is that you're camped halfway between here and your destiny. You got to Haran, disappointment, grief, and, and, and you're tempted just to set up your tent and park there. And I'm telling you, it's not what God's got for you. Get rid of that disappointment and get your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes off that stuff that will hinder you and get your eyes on Jesus because he'll see you through. I'm telling you, this. I'm saying because I love you and I just want you to be the most blessed people on the planet. I'm telling you, I just want you to just so enjoy God and so enjoy his riches and so enjoy his presence and so enjoy everything that you, no matter what you're facing, you just radiate Jesus. That's what I want for you. That's my vision for you. And that only comes out of you understanding that I'm blessed to be a blessing. And so start looking at who you can bless. Start looking and you start with your home. Who can you bless? Who can you say something positive to today? Who can you say something nice to? Can you, can you walk into a room and start speaking nice things to people? Just nice things. Because if that's you, you'll always be blessed. People will always surround you. But if you walk into a room, you see people going, back away slowly. Just 
back away. And then when they see you coming, the fire signals will go out. Hide! They're coming! How many of you know people like that? You know, when you see them coming, you run the opposite direction, or you pretend you didn't see them. Why? Because you know, baby, it's on for young and old. They almost carry smoke coming out of their ears, out of their nostrils. (laughs) Don't take any photos. (laughs) But then there's other people, when you see them from the other side of the road, you run towards them. Why? Because they're a blessing. They just give out blessing. They give out grace. They give out mercy. I want you to be one of those people that people run to, not away from. Can you be one of those people? Who wants to be one of those people? This is the way. Just determine, I want to be blessed to be a blessing. I want to receive to give. I not only want to be a recipient of grace, I want to be a dispenser of grace. I not only want to be a recipient of God's blessing, I want to be a dispenser of God's blessing. I not only want to be a recipient of God's love, I want to be a dispenser of God's love. I not only want to be a recipient of encouragement, I want to be a dispenser of of encouragement, not encouragement. Whatever God gives me, I want to be able to give it out. Receive and give, receive and give. And God says, man, if I can trust you, I'm going to give you more. If you're going to adopt that attitude, I'm going to give you more. And that's God's will for your life, to be blessed and to be a blessing. How many of you want to be blessed? How many of you want to be a blessing? Come on, if that's you, I just want you to open up the palms of your hands. If you want to be blessed so that you can be a blessing, I just want you to open up the palms of your hands. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come into your presence today and I want your blessing upon my life so that I can be a blessing to others. Help me understand this, that you want to bless me so that I can be a blessing. And so I sit here today open to you to receive your blessing with one hand. And to give it out with the other. And while you're giving it with one hand. And I'm giving it with the other. The blessing remains inside of me. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Have you got that picture? Here it is. The blessing in one hand. And as it passes through you and it goes out to the other. The blessing constantly remains in you. And you become a channel. For the blessing of God. Always filled with blessing. Isn't that good? Isn't that great? Fantastic. Wow. My time is up. How many of you enjoyed that this morning? Did that, did that help you at all? Wow. There's more next week and the week after. I've got this series on blessing that God's laid in my heart. And um, I'm just going to continue on this until you get it. And once you've got it, I'll move on to something else. What do you reckon? Is that good? Okay. 
Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Centre Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 